Yes, and of course, I don't want to. I don't want to put the word out there that I haven't had obstacles in my life. I don't want to put the word out there that there haven't been really deep issues I've had to deal with. However, it's how you deal with them that makes the difference. It's not that you're impervious to to all these horrible things that are going on. It's just that you have to make up your mind how you yourself are going to deal with them. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and creative guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives, especially as we age. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager, and I love to hear from my listeners. My website, ZestfulAging.com, makes it easy for you to leave comments and suggestions, and I really do appreciate your feedback. Our music is provided by Judy Banker, who was a guest on Zestful Aging, and her CD, Buffalo Motel, was just released. You can find out more about her on judybanker.com. I know that everyone is feeling really stressed and anxious right now. We're all unsettled and feel out of control. So I created a free download for you for maintaining mental health based on my 30 years as a psychotherapist. Um, Just go to zestfulaging.com and it is all yours. Well, I've got my Jack Russell Sparky right by my side as usual. So let's begin. We have a really interesting and great interview today um, for you. I met today's guest at a conference for women in business, and I was so taken by her energy and her individuality and confidence, I wanted to have her on their show. Gail Carson is the epitome of a zestful ager. She's known throughout the world as a business and leadership expert, and she authored How to Be an SOB, a spunky old broad who kicks butt among others, and her work's been profiled on ABC, NBC, and the Wall Street Journal, just to name a few outlets. She was selected as a legend of the speaking profession, and she currently hosts over a dozen radio shows per month. And she's a strong proponent of living regret-free, and we'll be talking about that. Welcome to the show, Gail. Thank you, Nicole. It is a delight to be here and you have your puppy and I have my two kitties. <laughs> okay, that's the way it should be. That's and right. never the two shall meet, I will say. <laughs> so you are one busy woman. That is the understatement. Um, at a stage of life where many people believe that, you know, we should really be uh, winding down, retiring, laying on the beach, um, and, and, and sort of and not to put too fine a point on it, but kind of waiting for the inevitable. Um, that is not the way you live, Gail. No, it is not. And if you if you don't live the way I live, you are waiting for the inevitable. That's kind of how I feel. In fact, I um, I just spoke to somebody yesterday. I was at a annual brunch that we had for my undergraduate school. They have a, a South Florida brunch every year with the president of the college and guest speakers and so forth. And and the fellow there, uh, who is head of the communication department, 
he uh, said to me, he said he knows so many people who have retired or um, whatever, you know, they're just not doing anything. And, and a year later, they're so incapacitated that they wish they had never stopped. So I have just never stopped. But really, Nicole, because I love what I do and it keeps me happy. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that you've read somewhere in some, you know, book that says you should stay engaged. That's just who you are, Gail. I mean, it's, it's, it's clear when I watched you walk down the hall of a conference that um, I attended and, and, and a breakout session, you know, you walk like you, you're so confident and so self-possessed and I, you know, is that something that's developed over the years, or have you always been that way? Well, I think I've always been that way, Nicole, but I will tell you that my first business was, uh, I started, well, it was a modeling school, and so one of the things that I I taught people was how to be confident and how to walk and how to walk into an audition and be taken seriously and so forth. So I think it's something I've epitomized all my life. And then, of course, I was on the road as a professional speaker, and I've spoken in 50 countries and 49 states, and you either are confident on stage or you're not on stage anymore. So so I think it's something that I've had with me, uh, but I also developed along the way to make it even stronger. And and can you tell us a little bit how, I mean, I have clients who will say, you know, I'm afraid to go out and try this. I'm, you know, I'm lonely or maybe I have empty nest, you know, my kids have gone and I know I want to do something, but I don't know these people. I don't want to go join a group. I don't know anyone. Do you have any suggestions for people who aren't confident, but who want to work on their confidence? Well, first of all, the only thing that can happen is people can say no. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's the worst that can happen. So you're not Uh, any further back than you were when you started because people can choose do they want to be your friend or do they want to get to know you or so forth. So I feel like uh, go try it. The only thing they can say is no. And in terms of, um, you know, well, I don't feel sure of myself or I don't know if I'll like it or they'll like me, you won't know until you try it. There are many things I've gone to once and I've never gone back because it wasn't my cup of tea. So rather than sitting there and complaining, get out and see whether or not it is something that you'd like. And I almost can guarantee that if you you try 10 things, at least one or two is going to work out. <laughs> the statistics are, are with you. Right. You know what it also makes me think about is that Feeling uncomfortable is not the worst thing in the world. I think you're you're not saying, listen, it'll be easy. You'll go. It'll be delightful. You know, maybe it'll be awkward, but you'll live through it. Is that is that your message? Well, yeah, I think so. I think you've put it very well. Um, you know, it's it's something that when people do it, you know, it's it's amazing that, uh, for example, I didn't even know, for example, that you were noticing me. So you never know who is going to be there, even if you're not enjoying yourself or you don't like the group. Very often there's one person there who can make a big difference in your life. 
I see. There's so much we don't know. You know, there's so many behind the scenes things going on that we just have no way of knowing. So just kind of stepping in and 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 kind of allowing whatever happens to happen. And then the idea of like, okay, you know, if it doesn't go well, I will try something else. And I'm I'm resilient enough that it's not going to break my heart. Well, that's true. And and you'll never know unless you experiment. And even, you know, let's just take uh, leaders, giant leaders of corporations and, and huge, huge winners. They all say they failed a hundred times. And if they haven't failed a hundred times, then they haven't tried hard enough. So there's lots of people that go out there and try things that don't work for them, but they try enough things that enough things do work for them. Mm-hmm. And that's what people have to look at. I like that. The idea of sort of, if you don't go up to bat, you're never going to hit a home run. Exactly right. You have to go up to the bat. Right, right. Um, so how do you stay, besides loving your job, which is very obvious, I mean, you have all of these advanced credentials um, in, in doing what you do in business and speaking. Um, do you have any daily routines that keep you healthy and fit? Oh, for sure. I work out every day. Uh, I work out a long time. Most people don't have to do what I do, but uh, you should be moving somehow, somewhere for 30 minutes a day. I do a little more than that. I'm a big uh, workout person, so I work out with weights. I work work out in classes. I take, uh, um, you know, I don't do hard aerobics, but I do do moving classes and and so forth. And of course, I also believe that Silver Sneakers is a wonderful program for everybody that's over 50. So uh, if you've got that in your area, and I almost think everybody does, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would suggest that. But that's one thing. And then, of course, um, you know, I think you have to keep your mind stimulated. So I'm always reading. I'm always learning. I'm taking seminars, webinars, uh, classes of all different kinds. So uh, it's keeping your mind active as well. So between the body and the mind, that's what gives me stimulation. What are your other interests besides women in business and leadership? Well, uh, I, I enjoy, I really enjoy the theater. Um, I used to enjoy going to movies, but now I watch most of them on the planes that I'm on. So mm-hmm. uh, that changed, but uh, I do love the theater. And um, I, love, I love getting together with, with interesting people. So um, I, I really belong to uh, not a lot, but many organizations that are not only educational and business, but also social. So I go to those. And of course, um, I love animals. So I love spending time with my, my cats. And uh, I, I enjoy watching chick flicks. I, <laughs> I, love, I love the Hallmark Channel because it's happy. It's happy. And I'm just tired. I don't, I watch Good Morning America in the morning to catch up on things, but that's the last news I watch. And I have people that I know who really don't have a whole lot of good to say, and they're always watching the news. They watch Mm -hmm. CNN all day, MSNBC Mm -hmm. all day. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-uh, not for me. So, so yeah, I'm a Hallmark gal. (laughs) So you're very clear about what you take in. You're very intentional about what you expose yourself to. Yes, and of course, I don't want to. I don't want to put the word out there that I haven't had obstacles in my life. I don't want to put the word out there that there haven't been really deep issues I've had to deal with. However, it's how you deal with them that makes the difference. It's mm-hmm. not that you're impervious to to 
all these horrible things that are going on. It's just that you have to make up your mind how you yourself are going to deal with them. So when you say you've had challenges, I think that might be an understatement. Um, you know, you're very public about having, is it 16 surgeries, Gail? Yeah, 16. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can you tell us a little bit about your own resilience and what you might tell other people who are either on a cancer journey now or, you know, have been in the past? Well, I'm now going through my fourth case of breast cancer. I'm back on chemo. I'm on chemo pills, not chemo infusion. But I had a terrible reaction to them initially because they were too heavy a dose for me. Ended up in the hospital for five days and then homebound for 15. And I joked about the fact that I was a Silver Sneakers Fitness Award winner and three weeks later was flat on my back in the, in the hospital. But um, it's really, again how you deal with it. I knew I was going to get out of there. I knew I was going to come back. And I, I just knew that I had to be strong in, in dealing with all of those things. And with each of the surgeries, the same thing. I, I would uh, prep my body by working out a lot. And then when I had my surgeries, I was really back. In fact, <laughs> I don't even want to tell people how many full day seminars I did with um, bandages wrapped around my chest, but I did it, you know. So um, I think, again, it's it's mindset. And of course, physically, I'm pretty strong. I mean, I will be 82 years old next month. And mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you that uh, I go probably faster and, and better than most people half my age. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt. Hello, Zesties. I want to tell you about one of my all-time favorite exercise and stress reduction tools, which I am really relying on during this quarantine. But I've sung its praises for years. The benefits are seemingly endless. Uh, it's great for toning and strengthening muscles. It improves your lymph system, your metabolism. It helps with joint pain and balance. And it's even used by NASA astronauts because it's such an efficient way to exercise. And if you're older or you're worried about your balance, you can order a stabilizer bar to hang on to. I'm talking about my NEDAC Rebounder mini trampoline. I put on my music and I have my own dance party. Because for me, exercise needs to be fun and invigorating. Otherwise, I don't want to do it. Now is not the time for the philosophy of no pain, no gain, because we're in enough pain. This is a way to feel good and energized and have fun. It really does help mood as well. And I like that NEDAC is made in the USA and it is really solid. I've had mine for 15 years and it's still in great shape. The NEDAC Rebounder will help us get through this quarantine in better shape mentally and physically. And there's also a model that folds up if space is an issue. One of my clients puts it on her driveway and uses it while she's watching her kids during the quarantine. Anyway, I can't recommend NEDAC Rebounders enough. 
They are a worthwhile investment in your health and overall well-being, especially now. If you are interested in a mini trampoline, please don't buy a cheap one. Those can be actually dangerous, and it is really worth uh, investing in a good quality one. And right now, if you use the coupon code just for Zestful Aging listeners, the code is Zestful, they are going to include a free cover for you. So go to NEDAC.com. It's N-E-E-D-A-K.com. And if you have any questions, you can contact me at ZestfulAging.com. I really am their biggest fan. So, you know, when you're in the midst of a chemo or, you know, you're recovering from surgery, are there certain things, you know, you you say you, you talk to yourself, it's a choice and that you say, I have to be strong. Are, the, are there any other processes or any other um, techniques that you use to keep yourself from kind of getting pretty down and hopeless about this? Well, I think, you know, in the beginning, initially, uh, I, I go through the same thing anybody else goes, why me? And of course, mm-hmm. the second time and the third time, and now the fourth time. The fourth time, I didn't have as bad a reaction, even though this time it's probably worse than ever. But uh, I just am so used to it by this point. I think that I just thought, well, this is just one more trial I have to get through. But I think that that in the beginning, I mean, years ago, I've been going through this for 30 some years. So when this first happened to me, I was 49 years old and I said, why me? And I wasn't, I should have done what I should have done, Nicole, was had, and my sister suggested this and I didn't listen to her. I should have had a double mastectomy then, but I wasn't ready for it. And so I went through all the horrible things of having all these different surgeries for all these different reasons. And, uh, you know, I should have taken care of it in the beginning, but I personally at 49 was not ready for it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a matter of uh, now things are much better. They de- diagnose better. Treatments are better. More, There are more kinds of treatments available. So I think it's really, really important to have a good doctor. Some people need a support group. I did not, but I think it's important if you do, as long as you don't all sit there and feel sorry for yourselves because that's right. not going to happen. But right. I think it's a matter, again, of, of looking at, uh, okay, where do we go from here? How do I deal with this? How do I get over this? You know, how do I get through this? And whatever works for you, I don't know what it is for anybody else. But, you know, for me, it was having that mindset and uh, knowing that, that eventually it too would end. It's like, um, you know, yeah, this idea of, and this too shall pass. Right, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Would we have known if we met Gail as a little girl, she she was spunky? Were you always a fighter? <laughs> well, I have to tell you the story of my mom tells me. I was on stage, My I've been on stage since I was three. And my first initiation on stage was as a dancer. And we were doing the months of the year, and I was January, so I was out first. And uh, I did a somersault and my crown fell off and I put it on and I put it on backwards evidently and the whole audience began, you know, laughing and so forth. And my mom said, I put my hands on my hips, told the piano player to stop, waited for everybody to calm down, 
put my crown on the proper way, told the piano player to start, and then went on with my dance. And she said, I knew then I'd never have to worry about you, Gail. But, you know, so that kind of tells you. So I've always been, you know, out there. It hasn't always been easy because there were a lot of lot of things that, you know, stumbling blocks along the way. But, yeah, I've always kind of been that way. <laughs> so when you decided that your moniker would be spunky old broad did you get any reaction or or pushback that I people did. said oh i did oh nicole my gosh women came up and said we don't want to be considered old and broad is such a terrible term but you know i said well you don't have to be an sob i'm the sob and for other women i say sob stands for spunky uh, uh Again, spunky and then outspoken and brave, really open and brave, spunky, open and brave. I'm the SOB. You're spunky, open and brave. Ah, I see. I see. And how has it been as you have um, seen our culture change around women and just really recently it being okay for women to say, wait a minute, I'm not bossy, I'm the boss. And really uh, being able to own our power and expertise and, and talents. Have you, have you seen that change over your lifespan? Um, and what, what, because you were kind of a front runner in this. You had this going on way before, like Me Too and all of that. You were, you know, y- you were, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, just a front runner. Well, I'll tell you something, Nicole. Um, one of the reasons I've never worked for anybody and uh, is because I started my own business at 21, but I started working, creating my own jobs at 13. And so I told my parents that I was never going to work for anybody because I could not do stupid things. And if somebody <laughs> asked me to do something and I didn't agree, I wouldn't do it. And I knew that was not going to fly. So um, I just always knew I was going to be in my own business. I always knew I was going to work for myself. And uh, there was never any question about that at all. And I didn't even know, I cannot tell you that I was in business for, I don't know, a good 15 years before I even knew that companies paid for anything. I didn't know anything about healthcare. I didn't know anything about when you go to conferences, the company sends you. I didn't know any of these things because I'd always paid for everything all of my life. So it just never, I never knew it. And when I found that out, I thought that was amazing. And then of course, I also got ticked off when I found that there was something that would really, really help somebody and they wouldn't do it because the company wouldn't pay for it. Now, if it were me and I were working for a company and making a livable wage, I mean, if I was working and I had the dollars to do it, and some of these things are not expensive, I would have invested in myself because it would have gotten me further along in my career to where I wanted to go. But I find many people are not willing to do that. So yes, I've always kind of been independent and knew that I would, I would always work for myself. What what kinds of things specifically are are you referencing here, Gail, about things that are not expensive that are investments in oneself? Well, I would say, for example, uh, even getting 
the books that you should be reading so mm -hmm. that um, uh, you get a philosophy of how other people think. Uh, taking webinars that are really not expensive and many times free. Uh, going to conferences, I will say going to a conference can be expensive, not because of the cost of the conference, but the travel mm -hmm. and so forth. But let's say that in a 12-month period, there is a at least one conference you want to go to. And it's probably going to run you about $1,500 with expenses and with the cost of the conference. You will probably meet people and find out learnings that you wouldn't have any other way mm -hmm. and make contacts that might give you a, a way to have a different job or move up in your field or become known industry-wide and therefore a, a more precious resource to anybody. Uh, and they're not willing to do it. I see. So you're talking again about, you know, we talked about uh, earlier, you know, stepping out. That's kind of the theme here for you is you can't live in a bubble and you've got to step out and you have no idea what might happen and you've got to open yourself up to the world. Is that, am I, am I getting that? Absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons that I have my radio shows is because at a meeting that I should not have been at, uh, I went up, so everybody got up and introduced themselves and a man stood up and said he owned a radio station. I went over to him, introduced myself. He looked at me, of course, very skeptically because I'm sure everybody says what I said. And uh, But he gave me a shot and that's where my, my 12 shows have come from. And then yesterday at the uh, meeting of my uh, college uh, group, uh, the head of the communication department was there and I went over just to say hello to him and he said, what are you doing now? And I said, well, you know, I've got my radio shows. And he said, really? How many listeners? I said, a half a million. And he's asked me to come to the college to give a lecture. Mm -hmm. So y if you don't go up and take mm -hmm. the plunge, nobody's going to say anything to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny because you and I are very similar in this way. I'm just shameless in uh, asking people to be on the show who, you know, uh, are, I, I call them like my, uh, um, you know, they're my heroines or they've done some really amazing research or something that I just blows me away. But like they're human beings. And once you talk to them, you know, they they sound just like anybody else or they might not, you know, have the most articulate sentence that, you know, you know, they just fumble just like everybody else. We have to edit it out. Um, and it, that's been a real uh, joy for me is to is to approach people and say, listen, you know, do you want to be on Zestful Aging? We're international. Here are some of my guests. And then they don't, they may not follow up, but you. Ha I think there's a learning curve where it's like, don't take this personally because they've got a million other things. And maybe, maybe what we're both sort of understanding is there's there's a skill in taking rejection. Is that does that sound right? <laughs> yeah, but as I, <laughs> I said the only thing they can say is no. And right. So that's the whole point. I mean, what is the worst that can happen? Right. They just and, say no. Yeah. And you and either you, take offense ahead. at that or you say, okay, next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, next. That's right. You really have to be like, remember those weebles long time ago where you just like you may get hit, hit uh, down and then you pop back up and say, okay, who else can I contact? That's right. 
Exactly yeah. right. And even, you know, I mean, wherever you go, wherever you are, mm-hmm. there's always that that uh, chance that you're going to be rejected. But on the other hand, you can also be accepted. So that's mm-hmm. that's the key. Mm-hmm. And there's, of course, our brains always remember the rejections, just how our brains are built and in terms of evolution and what our brains are there for, that always stings. And then we forget, but wait a minute, we've had 15 other really <laughs> positive responses. So I think some of it is remembering, okay, this person, you know, didn't give me the time of day, but the previous 15 are already signed up. Well, I remember that one of the first times we ever had um, years ago, because I started speaking 40 years ago, um, the smile sheets, so to speak, and one of them came back and I'm looking for a critique on my my presentation or whatever. And this person said, her lipstick doesn't match her her jacket. And I thought, what? And then another time, uh, it had nothing to do with me. It was the fact they should have had donuts (laughs) Instead of, <laughs> <laughs> or they didn't like the kind of donuts. Yeah, you know, I mean, I just, I thought to myself, uh, okay, so now, of course, people don't even ask for smile sheets because they they understand, you know, that they're really not what they should be. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, I mean, that happens to everybody. And, and of course, what do you obsess over? Not the 99 wonderful yes. praises you yes. got. The one out of the 100 that said, hey, your lipstick doesn't match <laughs> You know, I got a really funny, uh, I get, I'm very, uh, uh, I'm just so full of gratitude about the feedback I've gotten for the show. But then I had one person say, oh, her show's really great, but her voice just drives me crazy. And, but it like this comment was like, I bet you say that a lot because there's just this negativity feeling like you just wanted to vent and that was the convenient way to do it. So, uh, yeah, you have to sort of um, remember people are struggling and unhappy and you may get some of that. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite thing to to speak about? Well, my favorite go- thing to speak about is really mindset because... I, I just think everybody should get up in the morning with a smile on their face, and I think they should go to bed with a smile on their face, mm-hmm. and they can't do that if they're not thinking right. What did Zig Ziglar used to say? Stinking thinking, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, as long as you're thinking that way, uh, you're just never going to be a happy person. So I really, uh, I like to talk about mindset. I like to talk about uh, remaining physically active, and there are people that say, well, I can't do this, and I can't do that. But you can do things in a chair. There are exercises right. you can do in a chair. So, and you can always, even if your eyesight isn't good, you can get audio books or you can get someone to read to you. Or there's just a whole bunch of ways of, of getting around certain things. And it's up to you to decide how you're going to approach it. Have your topics changed as you've aged and experienced some of these challenges? Well, my first, when I was speaking first, and this is when I I had my first let me think about this, maybe first two or three cases of breast cancer. I was speaking on, excuse me, leadership and team building, customer service, negotiation, all business topics, because I was a business speaker. And then I decided, after doing that for 21 years, that I really, nobody was paying attention. I mean, they loved me, uh, they paid me well, uh, but then it was life as usual in the company. 
So I said, why am I doing this? Which I loved doing, by the way. I mean, I loved going into companies and, and making a difference, which I did do for a lot of people. But overall, there were times that my advice went on a shelf along with everybody else's. So I decided that women, especially those who were 50 plus, were not happy and that I wanted to give them the message that it was not over. So that's what really has changed is that I really have started focusing on women, but believe it or not, women don't necessarily want to spend money on themselves. They'll do it for Botox, they'll do it for Hermes scarves, they'll do it, you know, but they don't want to spend it on personal development. That's interesting. So you you've refined your message, but you're but you're finding that sometimes it falls on deaf ears because they're not even thinking that's something of value to them in their lives right now. Uh, it doesn't seem as if it's important to them, and then they'll mm -hmm. go on complaining. That must be frustrating for you. It is you. very frustrating. So that's one of the things that I, you know, that I really. Um, you know, I have thought about that's why I just developed an online course on how to get on television because I know everybody needs media and mm -hmm. a lot of people want to go on TV. They see people and say, well, I should be up there speaking <laughs> or I should be up there saying this. Well, this mm -hmm. is how you do it. So I developed a course on that because I know most people who are speakers or coaches or writers or authors or whatever and even entrepreneurs, mostly entrepreneurs, need to get on TV to get their press and get well known. Mm -hmm. I remember you talking about that uh, when I saw you uh, in Syracuse. Um, so, wow, you've got so much wisdom and, and, and so much to share. Um, what I'm wondering where people can find you and all the things that you offer. There's so many of them, Gail. Where, where's the best place to find you? Well, they can go to my website, which is spunkyoldbroad.com, mm -hmm. and they can sign up for my newsletter that I send out every Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, they can see the resources I have. If they have questions for me or even just want some advice, uh, there's a place for them to fill out a form. I answer every email I get. So, um, yeah, there's that's the best place, spunkyoldbroad.com. Mm, and I love how unusual that is. No one's going to confuse that with somebody else, right? <laughs> That's Well, I've got it trademarked. They better I, not. <laughs> <you, laughs> They'll be in big trouble, right? Right. Well, I'm, I'm so happy that we got a chance to speak today. I think you're such an inspiration because as we've talked about before, you know, if you haven't had a major life uh, event where the rug is totally been pulled out from under you yet you will because that's life exactly exactly mm -hmm. right nicole exactly mm -hmm. thank you so much gail you are so welcome and i'm delighted to have been with you today okay bye bye Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. 
But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Up. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.